All right. Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world. I'm really enthused today to have Heather Staples Lavoie on the show. Heather is the president of Genia, and they have a really interesting platform, a really interesting take in the market. But most importantly, she's leading the charge in some interesting healthcare um, topics and subjects. And uh, anyway, I'm not going to steal our thunder. Heather, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Anthony. I'm pleased to be here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks for making time. I guess, you know, I, I love stories. I love hearing about how people started off and kind of what drew them to, to health as a, as a life calling. So, Heather, can you tell us a little bit about what made you uh, become the person that you are? I'd love to hear a little bit of your origin story. Sure. So I've been actually in healthcare for um, 32 years this year, um, and I actually started out as um, it started out as an after-school job when I was in high school, mm. and I went to work in a physician practice. And at the time, it was um, you know it, we didn't have medical assistance, and uh, so there was a, maybe a little less formality in the in in the roles in physician practices. And so I was given pretty good latitude to do a whole range of things, which was, mm. was certainly exciting for my age. And there was just unlimited opportunity for um, amassing knowledge and growing. And so I did everything from processing um, lab results to, um, it was a gastroenterology and primary care practice. And so um, I helped to assist in um, endoscopic procedures, I did billing, I did transcription, and and so I got to you know learn about all different aspects of running a physician practice. But it certainly served as a really strong foundation for all of the concepts um, in healthcare in terms of the practice of medicine, but also payment for medicine and how you manage populations as well as individual patients. And I didn't go to school. Um, I didn't necessarily set my sights on. Um, being a physician, I didn't necessarily think I might be welcomed into the profession, um, but I um, but I continued to work in healthcare. And when I came out of college, and as well as my master's degree, um, I had amassed enough years in healthcare and really realized that that was um, was the place I wanted to be. There was nothing that was more interesting to me um, than in helping to solve big challenges in healthcare and leveraging um, certainly technology um, and relationships to make that happen. Mm. Yeah, no, really fascinating background and definitely, you know, super diverse. You've touched a lot of different elements in healthcare. So, you know, glad, glad to hear, you know, kind of the beginnings of, of, uh, of where, you, where you started in healthcare and, and, and everything you've touched. Um, Heather, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, you're seeing so many things in healthcare. Tell me a little bit about what fascinates you about healthcare today. What are some topics or some things that you're seeing that really are captivating your attention these days? Oh, there's so much. So, <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm certainly a data geek, but definitely an information geek. And, and I feel like we're really at a, a pretty unique time in learning far more about the human body than maybe we had 
in, um, in, in maybe much of the time before, certainly because we have access to, um, you know, genetic information in a way that we never had um, access to before. They're certainly democratized. And so understanding sort of the interrelationships between, um, you know, certain, certain genes and what causes gene expression is of great interest. Um, also, you know, I think finally, maybe, you know, I'm hopeful that we are starting to understand that we are an integrated system, that our, our body doesn't stop at our neck, um, that there's actually a connection between our brain um, and our gut and, um, mm-hmm. and our nervous system and, um, and that there's a lot of factors that, um, that, that about our whole body that actually impact health, whether that's um, childhood experiences trauma you know we're learning a lot now about adverse childhood events and mm. and you know how they predispose us to uh you know uh, heart disease cancer um autoimmune issues um that we you know that we really are starting to understand there's these direct correlations that we didn't um think about before we looked at organs as you know more independent units and we certainly didn't think about that mind body connection in the same way and how um how our management of stress how our um you know, how our consumption of foods actually had a direct effect on our health care. And so much is now coming about, um, you know, more and more evidence that actually is starting to connect the two really strong longitudinal studies, um, whether they're, you know, U.S.-based, like with Kaiser and the Adverse Childhood Events, or certainly international um, longitudinal studies that are starting to connect and help us to better understand well-being um, in a much broader sense and not just one organ system or another that really you know that Mm -hmm. some of these are um that that you know some of the foundations actually extend before we're even born when we think about epigenetics and so i i think that there's just so much coming out that every day you can be learning more and more to understand what are the factors in healthcare and and how can we help to then solve for um some of these certainly health challenges but also i think broader societal issues I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's it's really fascinating time, right? So many new data sources and studies and like this convergence of all this data, but then it's also supported by like this like softer element of health and like, you know, it's really about like well-being, like mind, body and spirit, and then it like breaks down from there. So it's it's pretty exciting to see. Can you can you tell me a little bit about uh Jania? And obviously I know personally uh, about what you guys do, but for our audience, maybe, you know, some of the stuff that you guys are doing in this space and then how you guys look at the market and see the opportunity and how you're, how you're, you know, providing value for, for, for patients out there and for the market out there. Sure. So, um, so Jania is a healthcare analytics and services organization. So we mm-hmm. actually um, perform population health on, uh, on a day-to-day basis. We um, take care of um, a broad a range of you know, patients or members or, or consumers or, you know, humans, I guess. We, we, we help sure. to guide um, their care, but we also build analytic systems so that we can anticipate, um, you know, trends um, in, um, in, in health, but also look at, you know, a broad population and understand where people fall relative to their health risks. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we can see when there's changes to um, health conditions. Um, and we have a team of data scientists that actually build a lot of models that help to then predict not only onset um, of risk and certainly onset of cost, but also predict onset of disease and disease mm-hmm. complications, um, mm-hmm. which is which is certainly um, an area that combines sort of my outside interests and exciting and actually then leverages the application of technology um, to help then improve healthcare and, and anticipate. And then and then we also have we have a clinical arm that then helps to um, provide interventions that reach out directly to um, individuals to help them based on the data, the information that we know about them so that we can help them on their path um, to greater well-being. Interesting. So we have Interesting. A- and we um, we have about a probably about 250 individuals in our organization. We um, founded the company in 2012, and and we've had um, services in the market since that time, and an analytic solution um, that we launched in in 2014. So we've we're approaching about um, I think closer about close to eight million um, members um, lives that run through our analytic systems now that we serve in terms of the population, and mm-hmm. um, and we. And then we provide direct services to um, to just south of a million people directly in terms of our care coordination team and care mm. management team. Mm. No, congrats on the success. And I, obviously, I've seen I've seen the growth. A lot of us have seen the growth of what you guys are doing and the value you guys are providing the market. And it's super fascinating. Um, l- let me ask you. You know, so obviously, as you know, Heather, when it comes to health and well being, there's like common sense and then there's like super sense. And so we're like in a a middle ground where the super sense is driven really by analytics. It's relative, it's personalized. Um, what are some things that you've seen since like the inception of Jania or just throughout your career where you're, um, there's like the common sense elements of like eat a, lot, eat, eat a lot of veggies, get some sleep, work out a lot, you know, but obviously, you know, probably CrossFit and, and you know, kettlebells and, and kale can only take us so far, but what are some, <laughs> what are some, things at an overall population standpoint, you're starting to see a lot more kind of like, you know, well, if, if people do this and this a little bit more, it really makes a big difference. Any like just overall, you know, insights or, or, or interesting things that you're seeing from a, like a population health standpoint? Sure. So, you know, we understand that healthcare itself, medical care makes up such a small percentage of actually overall health and we you know when we even look at the direction the institute of medicine has provided and in so much of of actually healthcare is impacted by then social factors right it it could and and environmental factors whether that's pollution or um or whether that's our social connections um and really you know i think what people are starting to focus in on we hear a lot about social determinants of health and and that that falls into the um, both in the common sense and as well as in the super sense, right? I think we've always known that if people have a strong relationship um, mm-hmm. and family around them or a support system, um, that they have better health outcomes. And when you see, like, even the the work of the blue zones, one of the critical factors. I mean, certainly, um, good food sources, healthy food sources were one. Moving your body was another really strong indication for longevity. But a social connection that re- relates relationships people have with one another and support, whether that's religious or whether that's community-based, um, that that's a critical component. And so we're starting to, you know, we, we take in a lot of data about social determinants, but the care teams are starting to use that to understand can people, um, do they even have the, 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 the systems in place 
to be able to improve their health? Are they living right. in a food desert? Are they, uh, do they have access to transportation? Um, is, uh, is it a crime ridden area and it's a, it's, you know, a much more significant challenge for them, um, to get out and get the care they need? Do they have anyone to help them when we discharge them from the hospital? Um, do they have support to understand in, in their food choices what, what are better choices to make? And so we're, we're certainly seeing the social factors now coming into play because I think we've done so much just with the medical care system. We're not going to get that much more out of the medical care system. We really have to focus on the social components. And, and in fact, when you look at IOM or Blue Zones or certainly many other, um, many other studies of pop, the population, longevity, and the factors that impact health, it's, it's, it's the other factors that are, are the most meaningful, not just the, the provision of medical care directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's super interesting. And, and no, thank you for sharing, you know, what you're seeing here. And um, you know, it's definitely is, is super, super helpful. Um, Heather, tell me a little bit about your vision for healthcare in the future or the, uh, the future of health, according to Heather. What do you see happening, um, you know, in the future? Sure. Well, we we have certainly have an aging population. We have ten thousand mm-hmm. people turning age sixty five every single day, mm-hmm. and we have a physician burnout challenge um, currently. Where we're you know we've added a lot of technology, but the technology because it's still in its early stages in many places. Um, it's leaded to it's led to um, more administrative burden for physicians, and um, and so you know there's an opportunity we see if technology is better designed, if we continue to refine it, that there's a possibility that we can reduce some of that administrative malaise on physicians. There are critical pieces with this aging population. We certainly need caregivers and we need clinicians, physicians um, to support that population. Um, and so, you know, as I look out into the future, I certainly see more focus, more attention um, being paid on, um, you know, preserving um, some of those critical resources like physicians and caregivers, I certainly see a focus on the aging population and supportive systems that help people age in place, whether that's you know, communities that are focused on, um, on, on aging, um, but also on providing you know, a social network um, that provide for safe you know, places to exercise. I see a lot more um, attention being um, paid to placemaking and really thinking about um, design um, for the aging population so that they can stay vital, can stay in the home. And whether that's, you know, remote sensing, telemedicine, telemonitoring, but some of it just is even simply in building better paths, safe lighting, um, you know, opportunities for people to convene that certainly is one area that's not medical um, necessarily, but certainly is important on a go forward basis. And, and you know, when you project out and, you know, and out for the next 20 years, that's a significant portion of the population that we will need to be a- attending to. And mm-hmm. then I see certainly a, a, a stream in terms of um, technological advancement, you know, the application of AI is still relatively new um, and and relatively novel in healthcare. That now there is a you know, building momentum with with companies like ours, certainly companies like um, like Haven, um, and that are focused on on leveraging AI to predict health outcomes, to predict mm-hmm. onset of disease, um, to to be able to you know better support this 
this growing aging population, but certainly the rest of the population as well. And then that's the perfect environment to use then sort of this expanding body of genomics information so that now we really can actually predict onset of disease very, very early on um, and provide more effective treatment, so more appropriate medication um, for a disease instead of a lot of the trial and error that happens now um, that I think we're going to be far more um, exacting in um, certainly our dose, our response um, to disease than we've been able to be in the past because we certainly have, will have the, the, the AI capabilities to do that, the genomics information to do that. And, and I think a more willing um, population who's interested, there's, there's certainly a lot more self-discovery now than ever before. And, and I certainly you know, foresee that projecting out into the future as people be being far more invested in their, their own health and having a lot more information at their own fingertips. You know, mm -hmm. when I was coming up, you know, when I think back to when I started in healthcare, patients weren't allowed to look at their, um, the clipboard that was at the end of the hospital bed that was their medical record. Like mm -hmm. they didn't touch that. Um, that wasn't, that wasn't accessible to them. And now we think about all the data that streams off of devices where we're able to measure ourselves and have an expectation that we'll be able to even refine that in the future. I, I certainly see that, you know, we have generations growing up, but that, that is the expectation that it will, they'll only have greater access and greater visibility, um, into their own health and, um, and then the interventions that can be provided to them. I love it. I love it. Yeah, no, it's such a powerful future and all these different, you know, trends, technologies, data sources, um, you know, focus in these, in these areas, you know, from, uh, you know, from a demographic standpoint, definitely super fascinating to see these things come to fruition. And, you know, it's really exciting to see you guys are really at the center and leading the charge in, in these elements as well. Um, Heather, um, I have one more question for you before I ask it. Um, what's a great way to engage with you if our listeners would like to reach out to you, say hi? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm at very active on Twitter. So it's um, at HS Lavoie on Twitter. Um, you can certainly find me out on LinkedIn as well. And certainly you can engage with Jania directly as well at Jania on Twitter. And, um, and we, you know, you can, um, certainly, um, send me out a tweet, direct message. We're, you know, we're on all the time and, 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 and engaging with a, a really, you know, a broad population of, um, of, you know, humans across professions, um, who are interested in, in healthcare. Awesome. Awesome. So Heather, we'll link to, link to that in the show notes for sure. Uh, so I really appreciate that. And then, you know, my last question is more along the lines of, you know, so you are, um, you're in this role that requires a lot of resilience. You probably have to travel a lot and you've seen a lot of things in health. What's something on a routine basis, whether it's a, a morning routine, daily routine or weekly routine that really works for you that, 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 you know, really keeps the engine going. So just love to hear whether it's uh, you know, a special yoga practice or a special uh, green smoothie you make every day. Um, what, what is, what excites you about, you know, from a personal well-being standpoint? 
sure. So for me, a connection to nature is critical. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't, I'm not a gym rat. I, I see the value in, um, in exercise in any way. And so mm-hmm. if, if the only place I can be is the gym, then I will certainly be in the gym. But in as much as I can be outdoors, um, running or mountain biking or cross country skiing, depending upon the season, um, and most typically running because it's easiest to travel with me. I get right. to see lots of new cities. I can do it in the morning. I'm mostly running with a headlamp often, um, you know, mm-hmm. before before the day begins. That really helps to settle me, set my system and get me ready for the day, um, mm-hmm. sort of wake up the senses. Also helps me, you know, with sort of a moving meditation. I do breathing exercises as well, you know, in the morning, but certainly through the course of the day, sometimes to reset Mm-hmm. Um, you know, particularly as you're going into presentations or, um, you know, challenging, challenging meetings from time to time. And mm-hmm. then I'm a vegetarian, um, mm-hmm. practically vegan, but, um, mm-hmm. but I, you know, sometimes I do have cream in my coffee. Uh, but I'm, I definitely feel like, um, a vegetarian lifestyle has been incredibly important in terms of getting a lot of strong macronutrients. And mm. when I, you know, it's, it's hard in airports to find good food. It's right. really hard. Right. So it takes a lot of planning and I don't always get it right. Sometimes I go without good nutrition on the road, but that's, that's <laughs> an important, definitely an important part of my life. I really think about the, you know, the effects of inflammation and, and, and how that causes gene expression and how can I counteract that given, given, mm the life that I lead, the travel that I have, and, and, and I'm, and I'm a single parent. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I have parenting responsibilities and all of that adds to cumulative stress. We have one bucket. Um, mm-hmm. and if it overfills, you know, then, then you, you have to deal with the consequences. And, and so using these techniques, um, really help to manage my day. I know certainly nobody at work tells me this, but my family, um, certainly will tell me if they think I need to go for a run. And, um, and they're usually, they're usually right. Um, it's, it's definitely great therapy. I love it. I love it. Well, Heather, yeah, no, it sounds like a great routine. Honestly, it's very inspiring. I, I think I'm going to go running today. I was actually thinking about going to the gym, but but the way you just described it, I'm like, no, I just need to go running. <laughs> get, so, some, get some outside nature time. It's yeah, the, you know, yeah the, I don't do that enough. You know, sometimes I'll go straight to the gym and it's just like, you know, it's a beautiful day. Just go for a run. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I definitely uh, admire the vegetarian lifestyle as well. It's just so much easier, cleaner. And, um, you know, so it's, it, no, it's just exciting to hear kind of like what, what really works for you. And, um, you know, obviously in, in this, in this role and leading, you know, new innovations that you guys are doing, you know, there's a lot of resilience and a lot of, you know, context switching. So I'm always curious on just like what people do to stay, uh, keep their mind right, their body right, and, you know, to keep focus and high energy. So, um, so Heather, th- so a couple of things, this was great to have you on. I really appreciate you making time. Uh, um, and so thank you for being on the show and to our listeners out there this is the pop health show this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making people healthier in this world and uh, so Heather thanks again this was great really appreciate it Thank you. Thank you. Thanks you for all the work that you're doing. I mean, you're a CEO um, leading a startup company, you know, Health Heroes specifically focused on patient engagement, member engagement, really focusing on all the aspects that I'm talking about. So you walk the walk. Um, and so thank you very much for the work that you're doing and for bringing other leaders on. It's been, it's, it's great to listen to your podcast.
Well, Heather, thanks so much. Yeah, I really appreciate what you guys are doing and what you're doing and, and congratulations with the success and love to have you back and, you know, speak about a lot of the newer things that you guys are doing. Always, always love to have you back for sure, Heather. But thank you so much. This was, this was great. Thank you and have a great run. You too. Thank you. Right, thanks. Thank bye bye. You.